Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today, creating a power song with Lowry is an unforgettable, energizing experience for entrepreneurs, speakers, and businesses to create their own catchy and energizing audio brand to stand out and make their message unforgettable. Lowry, welcome to the space. Hi, Hollis. How are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful day here in British Columbia. Um, I guess we're three hours different, so sun's still up here. <laughs> yes, it is four o'clock there. Yeah. It is nice and dark here. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So I'm glad. So, okay, let's dive in, Lowry. So why don't you, before we get into the questions and everything, tell us just a little bit about yourself, whether it's a fun fact or just a little bit of something, and then we'll just do a full dive in. Okay, well, the fun fact for me is these days I am um, I'm really into paddle paddle boarding right now, and it's interesting to me because I've had some really I've had some big sailboats, you know, beautiful. Um, I guess they call them yachts. I never really called them a yacht, but you know, big boats, and I loved that when I did that. And then um, a few years ago, I downsized to a kayak. And then I bought a sculling rowboat and now I have this paddleboard and I, I just love the, I, what I've noticed is that I'm just happy when I'm on the water and it doesn't really make much difference what kind of boat I'm in. And so maybe some, some of the listeners can relate to that. But um, the only thing it, that I, I do find is that you, you don't want to fall in in the winter. So you, <laughs> you, get, you get real focused. Ah, so you're doing this all year round. I'm doing it year round and here it's colder now. Yeah, Yeah. it's probably, probably cold where you are too, but yeah. Yep. So I'm getting real good at not falling in. Wow. That's a big (laughs) learning curve, right? Uh, You know, it's probably, you pick your day. You don't go when it's windy or wavy. Yeah. I love that. So you started, you started big, you started with the the yacht or the bigger boat and then downsized and now you're on a paddleboard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't start with the big boat. I started with little sailboats when I was a kid. And, you know, then gradually worked my way up to my biggest one was a 33-foot pilot house sailboat that, you know, the guy I sold it to sailed it to Alaska. And, you know, so it, it was an ocean, very seaworthy boat. And, wow. yeah, yeah. so it's interesting to me that, you know, people say, oh, you must miss it. You loved your boat so much. And, um, no, I don't miss it. I, I loved it while I had it. And, uh, mm. yeah. That's great. So, so, yeah. so, so I like, I, I guess what I the reason I mentioned that is just because it surprised me. I think we can surprise ourselves. I like it when we surprise ourselves. Mm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to do our would you rather and then we'll dive in. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Would you rather be a detective or a pilot? Oh, a pilot for sure. Mm. Yeah. Am I to elaborate? Yeah, go for it. Um, well, I can't imagine anything more uh, exciting than being able to fly and being the pilot and being able to go, you know, wherever you wanted it. And yeah, far more interesting than being a detective. I mean, I, I don't like um, losing, you know, <laughs> when you play games and I don't like working very hard. I mean, even... <laughs> Even songwriting, you know, songwriting is a kind of a lot like being a detective. And that's my least favorite part is when you're struggling, trying to, you know, find an idea and you're looking for a word and you're getting frustrated. And I think you'd, as a detective, you probably spend a lot of time, most of the time, you know, in consternation and frustration and in the dark trying to figure mm -hmm. things out. Right. So with the pilot, man, is just like happy all the time. I love that analogy between the songwriting and the detective. Yeah. That's really great because it is. Yeah. It's kind of like when we're in our craft, mm -hmm. we don't always like all parts of it. Um, we like what we do is the goal. Um, yeah. You and I speaking to each other, we know that we enjoy what we do as a craft, but not all parts are like, yay, that's my favorite part. <laughs> but we need to do them in order to get to the other parts. Well, what I've learned about flow is that the first stage of flow is struggle. And, uh, you know, Einstein went through the same thing. And that's what happens is that in the early stages of creativity, uh, you are, um, you're loading your data bank, you know, mm. you're loading, you're putting a lot of raw material in deciding, you know, thinking about what you want to say and, all those kinds of things and not really being sure about all that. And so you're just thinking and you're kind of thinking, considering a lot of stuff and, and you haven't had a breakthrough. And then Einstein, what he used to do would be to go out and go sailing or go rowing. And that would, you know, or people go and they go for a walk or they have a shower or they have a nap or different things. And then that's where the breakthroughs come. Uh, yeah. So it's really good to know <laughs> instead of, because for me, when I had that, stage of, of struggle, I used to feel like I was incompetent or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I was like, there would be on top of it, then I would start berating myself for for this challenging time. Um, and um, so now I just feel better because I know that's that's part of the process, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. I, mean, I still don't love it. I'd still rather have written a song um, mm -hmm. than be in that challenging place, but at least I don't lose hope over it. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's just dive in and let's um, find out how you define creativity and then we'll learn more about your journey. So yeah. Let's well, go I just for it. think creativity is, is to me is creating something from nothing, you know, creating something that didn't used to exist. So, um, and I suppose sometimes it's, you know, sol solving problems in ways that are um, different, you know, unexpected, whatever, that kind of thing. But creativity for me is kind of tied to that sense of, you know, the, where there was nothing and now there is this, this thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a song or a, a cake or a, um, a solution to a problem you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I don't know if we take enough time to really acknowledge that where it was this, at one point it didn't exist. It's this whole birthing process. So at one point it wasn't even thought I'm like hearing my, my daughter say, Oh, you had a life before me. <laughs> like <laughs> That's really weird that's right. <laughs> that you had a life. Um, but it's this idea that it, something doesn't exist and then there's a process there's a birthing process where where the seed is planted and then it could be very quick or it could be weeks or months or years and then all of a sudden it's this tangible mm -hmm. thing yeah and you know sometimes it's better than others you know not only is it sometimes quicker or you know and uh you know as opposed to longer or easier than harder or sometimes it turns out better than others but yeah. I think I don't know if this is always true for you or for other people but for me there's almost always a sense of joy that mm. comes with you know we we sort of it's like maybe it's like your babies you know you love your babies right mm -hmm. and you know I don't love all songs all my songs equally necessarily but when they're new, I kind of do, you know, mm. they're new. I've made a whole bunch. Oh, I love that. And, oh, I love that. I'm going to use that. I love that. And, and, you know, if you keep on saying yes to all these things that you love, well, of course you're going to love the song. Yeah. Um, and especially if, if you see some problems and there's some things that you don't love and you keep, um, you know, you keep going until you do love, until you find the thing that you love. And, and then, you know, that's when it's done to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a process. So yeah. t tell us more about you. Tell us more about your journey because, um, yeah, releasing nine albums, performing around the globe, and to where you are now, take us wherever you want to start, whether it's when you were a kid, if you were always interested in music, or wherever you want to start. Let's hear more of your story. Okay, well, I, uh, yeah, my mom was a piano teacher, um, and my dad played sax. I mean, not professionally, but... So we had music in the house all the time. We were all taking piano lessons and there were a lot of sing songs around the piano and that kind of stuff. And so I and my dad would whistle in the car. So I would kind of imitate him and I would imitate the metal larks, you know, in the backyard as a little kid. And mm -hmm. so singing was just, you know, music was just real natural. We were just around it all the time and I loved it. Uh, I didn't love practicing. I didn't. I don't like the way they teach piano with you know the emphasis on reading music first and um, taking the joy out of it. 
Um, mm. But uh, I was in like in musicals and stuff as a as a kid, you know, in the chorus of things. Or um, so I I took piano and then I started. I switched over when I was about nine to violin, which I liked better. And then I started playing, teaching myself guitar when I was around maybe 11, I guess, and um, maybe even younger, and uh, and writing my own songs soon after that. And that was really where I kind of found my, my joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, and I liked performing, I all that stuff. It was super fun. And uh, I got, I had a very supportive family and, that that kind of thing um it, it was just you know when i was listening to uh well first of course the beatles and all that kind of stuff but then the folk scene peter paul and mary and um all, all that kind of stuff um i i got into it a lot into grade seven and eight and then uh we had a teacher at, at our school that was really a well a really well-rounded musician who you know, played all these folk instruments and was a working musician at night. And um, so it was, yeah, it would just, I lived and breathed it. And and through high school, I put on coffee houses. So me and my friends would have places to play. And I just kind of kept doing it. But when I was still in high school, I think I told my dad, I said, you know, I'm, I want to be a songwriter and a musician and a performer. And dad said, well, that's great. You like it, Lowry, but it's not much of a way to make a living. Mm-hmm. And that was devastating to me uh, in terms of my dream. I mean, I didn't stop doing it, but I think that really took the wind out of my sails in terms of thinking that I could ever, you know, make it or, you know, that kind of thing. So so I, even though I kept on doing it, I always, I, there was a certain half-heartedness about it in terms of really going after it in terms of finding success and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I kept doing it as and had jobs to keep myself doing that, and uh, eventually, uh, eventually one of my friends sat me down. I think when I was about twenty eight years old, and I'd been playing a lot and living in Western Australia and playing a lot there, and and um, he sat me down. and He said, "What do you want to do with your life? You know, if you any you know tried to pin me down, and and I didn't want to answer the question. I, I didn't want to admit to him." Uh, not to myself, I didn't, um, but I said, well, I, you know, I want to, I want to record an album. I want to write songs. I, you know, I want to do this. And unlike my dad's response, his response was, well, what do you need to do to make that a reality? What's, what do you have to do? And it's like, okay, well, I guess I need to write some more songs and, you know, I need to, to do this. And so I set some goals and they were, um, and I just started writing like crazy. And uh, it still took a while. It took me, I think I was, uh, I was like in like 37 or something when I released my first album. Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm a late bloomer. I'm 69 now. So I, you know, mm-hmm. but, but then I just did, I kind of did an album almost every year to album and I was touring and um, playing folk clubs and festivals and a lot of house concerts, small kind of intimate gigs where you could, uh, I got into a, a community of, of songwriters that really independent songwriters that did that they put out their own albums they toured um small stuff but you know enough that you could you could do it right right and right it was, it was fantastic to be able to go and 
you know, go, go, go to Australia, go around the States, play places, have people know your songs. And uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting to me. I loved it. And yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I still do that now. It's just, you know, now there's uh, what happened along the way was I had a lot of, I had some opportunities to do other things in songwriting that paid better or that kind of got so busy that they took over a little from my career. I had a, um, a period where I started working, doing kids, uh, writing songs with kids in the schools and uh, it got so busy that, um, and it was really consuming. Yeah. Um, so uh, like I had one year, they, I booked 85 schools all across Western Canada and I was like- Wow. You know, yeah, I mean, one, one month I wrote 22 songs, which, is that possible? Maybe not 20. But anyway, and then, you know, after you write the song, you record it, and then you have to go to a concert in the gym with the kids, and we perform the song together, and then I was doing this stupid, you know, zany <laughs> kid show, and then we teach the song to the whole school, and then I would drive to the next town, maybe four or five hours in the winter, and, you know, and do the same thing the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I loved about it was there was just no time to like, you know, the, the whole idea of writer's block. It's like, we just, there was a luxury I didn't have. Right. You know, it's like the deadline by, you know, by 1130, this song needs to be written and recorded and the kids have to love it. And the principal has to like it. And the parents have to, you know, everybody has to be happy. Right. And, so, uh, so wait, I'm going to stop you on that for a minute. Okay. So were the kids helping you along with this? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Totally. You were going yeah, into yeah. the classrooms and you were, you were yeah. working with them in order oh, to yeah. ha have them write it. Yeah, it was, it was a complete collaboration. It was like, okay, what yeah. could you, you guys were going to write a song it has to be done by 1130. What do you want to write about? And let's come up with like 20 different topics that we could write about it. And so, you know, they'd come up with everything from, you know, fuzzy carrots to Halloween to, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then it's like, okay, so we're, and then we'd vote. Then we're, so we're going to write a, you know, we're going to write a funny song, uh, you know, so maybe that's all we know is we're going to write a funny song. And so then, okay, what could it be called? Well, you know, my dog ate my homework. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Well, you know, I mean, I had, sometimes they had titles like hope is like a chicken, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> really? You guys, in what way is hope like a chicken? Like, you've got to be kidding, right? But I, I, I swear I had, about a few months ago, this girl sent me a note and she said, you know, you came to my school 10 years ago when I was, or more than that now, 15 years ago when I was in grade six and we wrote a song called Hope is Like a Chicken. Can you send me a copy? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I found it, I dug it up and I sent it to her. And she said, well, you know, it's not quite as good as I remember it, but I'm still <laughs> proud of it. I'm still glad, you know, we did that, right? But some of the songs were fantastic. And I did a kid's album and it went to number five on the Galaxy Kids Channel. I mean, all these songs were written in like two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 21 Ways to Bug Your Teacher, or, um, <laughs> My Dog Ate My Homework, or I've Got to Stop Talking, or, you know, sometimes they were serious songs, <laughs> um, you know, friends come from the heart was a beautiful song i mean there were just so many mm. they were just all over the map and it was you know it was me drawing out from the kids and then making the decisions with voting you know so it was you know, i couldn't have done it without the kids that's for sure right right and that's 
that's the whole point is I love these like these residencies. That's, you know, yeah. a big part of what I did for a long time. And but yeah. what you're talking about is it's real investment. Like the kids have investment in what's going on and mm-hmm. not everybody's going to be happy because the voting process and some people aren't going to win and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's part of the process and it's there is energy. And I love the fact which we're going to touch on. I don't want to go there yet, but that that person that much longer. This is the whole thing with audio branding. Like a music stick, a song sticks with you forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember singing the, the the song about the states, and I'll still like here I am, fifty five, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. Like yeah. I can still go through the states because Miss Watnabe taught us it in fourth grade. Yeah, well, it's such. You know, it's such a powerful tool. And, and you know, the the mistake I think people make a lot of times is when they're trying to make figure out how to, you know, make something memorable, they'll use an acronym. Well, to me, acronyms don't work, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, they, I mean, in some situations they might work, but basically it's kind of like reading music when you want to play music. It puts this thing between you and Mm. and the thing right it's kind of like okay well what does bys stand for you're like okay oh yeah so you can't even remember first you have to go through that whereas with you know alabama blah blah blah, you're already you're just in there and and then it's wordplay and it's patterns and those are the Mm. things that that the brain responds to right patterns and melody and all that stuff those are those are things that that work really well for creating um connections Yes. Oh my gosh. That's yes. Yeah. Patterns, melodies, creating yeah. connections. Yeah. Emotion, you know, playfulness, fun, you know, all of those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, even like M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. I mean, you know, it's got a rhythm. Rhythm is another tool that like, it's fun. How did, you yes. know, how is spelling fun? Well, it just became fun. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I also want to acknowledge too, I want to go back to all that you were talking about with um, with music. And to me, it sounds like you've always been a leader. Uh, Is this true? I mean, in high school, you were, you were putting on the coffee houses, like you were organizing that and creating the space for it. That, you know, yeah, it, I guess now that you say that, those, yeah, those were um, roles that are leadering roles, yeah interesting i never thought of myself as a leader yeah yeah i mean you made it happen it's kind of like you've known since a young age i know your dad kind of the sales went out at a certain point when he said that but you never let it go um and you always kind of it sounds like you created a space for it to happen um Mm -hmm. in these in these times when you were kind of dabbling around did you have other jobs that were outside of music or was it always inside of music oh my god i've done so many things you know, yeah. which I also like because what I feel, and by the way, I just wanted to give my dad credit. He, you know, other than that, he was like so supportive through my whole life. He was behind me all the way and, you know, bought me instruments and, uh, you know, came to my shows and he, he was all about, he was proud, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I worked, I mean, I worked as a cook, I worked as a waiter, I worked as a dishwasher, I worked building campgrounds in the Yukon, I worked as a professional ski patroller in the Rockies, I worked in art gallery hanging exhibitions in 
a gallery in Fremantle, Western Australia for years. I had I owned a clothing store with a cappuccino bar in it. Um, wow. I was in the restaurant business with you know my ex. I've, I've done a, so many jobs, and they I con, you know construction. Uh, I had a construction business called Mind Over Hammer, that was oh in carpentry. Um, I you know I tended to. Uh, not to necessarily be that good sometimes at those jobs, you know. Uh, I mean, I made like 1,200 futons. I was a futoneer. <laughs> I've know. never heard of that. Yeah. Futoneer. So, yeah. You know, but it was always, yeah, what can you do that would, you know, uh, facilitate, allow me to do music, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, on my own terms, because like for a few years, I did work in the bars playing a single, you know, doing with the drum machine and the backing tracks and playing cover tunes and I hated it. I just hated it. Um, I hated the environment. I hated where people weren't listening. I wasn't connecting to people. I mean, to me, why the reason I write songs is that I want to heal the world and I want to inspire people and I want to open their hearts and I want to, you know, connect deeply with people. And, you know, you just don't do that in the lounge when everybody's been drinking, you know. Yeah. So let's dive in at this point um, about audio branding, because I just think this is such a beautiful space. Um, tell them tell them more about power songs and what you do, please. OK, well, uh, so audio branding is what I'm doing is I'm working a lot with, you know, entrepreneurs, a lot with um, speakers and businesses to help them basically create, for lack of a better term a jingle right that so you know um a lot it used to be that the only way you could have uh you could connect with using music in a way let's all go to a and w back from my generation or to ba -da -ba -ba -da, i'm loving it you know that kind of thing the only way it used to be that you could reach people uh with those is if you had enough money that you could have radio and TV budgets or advertising budgets. So you needed to have a lot of money. So it wasn't that people, I don't think people disputed the fact that these things stay with you forever and that they, they create a feeling, you know, that you, they create a connection. You, you feel like when you hear that McDonald's, da -da -ba -ba -da, however it is, it, 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 there's a lightness, right? It, it makes you feel lighter. That little melody is, you know, it's good for that. Yeah. And, and even the messages in these, you know, like to teach the world to sing and put whatever, you know, these, mm -hmm. these songs that actually are lifting people's spirits. Right? right, right. So there's, there's, you know, there's a kindness about those songs, even if, you know, the companies that they're associated with, you mm -hmm. know, are not necessarily doing us any favors with their products. Um, but so, you know, so for me, what what I see, um, what I like to do is I like to help uh, these people that I work with. My clients are, you know, a lot of times doing really cool things and they have opportunities. Uh, they're using music, maybe in a video. They're maybe using music to when they walk on stage. Um, they they there's places where they're using music, but they're not using their own music. They're using mm -hmm. some some generic thing they get off the internet or they're using some pop tune, but it, it, which is fine to, you know, create energy or maybe to take people back to a time in their life even. But what it misses is an opportunity for them 
to make their tagline <laughs> stick in people's head for them to have like to say this is what i sound like you know like you know what does hollis sound like you mm -hmm. know you know creative conversation creative conversations creative mm -hmm. conversation you know there's it's like oh that feels nice you know mm -hmm. how do you want is it you know it's kind of like i think of it as um if you're an accountant uh you want an accountant and if some person that's an accountant and they've got tattoos and piercings and stuff like that they may not be the accountant for you know everybody but if you're somebody with piercings and tattoos that's the accountant you want right, right? so it's like how do you we're really interested in powerful tools that will connect us to the people that we want to work with and the people that have the same values and one of the best ways to to share to give people a sense of who you are is by the, your taste in music and the kind of you know the kind of setting that you would put your song in right yeah um, so and then if you take you know like you were saying earlier about that song that you remember if you take a a message if your tagline is um uh is say uh um well i just wrote one with a guy last week who's or recently his company's called mind switch and he's he works with people who are moving into retirement and he wants them to think differently about um about retirement that it's not the end you know it's it's the beginning of something and so the tagline that we created it was uh, just getting started Mind uh, just getting yeah. started, right? And so, yeah, and so he actually, you know, he, there's a longer version of his song, but he goes, mind switch, I'm just getting started. So just that much. Yeah. It's like, so what he wants is, it becomes almost like a cheerleading song for his mm. clients. It's like, I'm, he wants them to think of retirement all the time as, I'm just getting started, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of when you have that defeated, oh, you know, what am I gonna do now? I've got, you know, there's no structure and I don't have, you know, I'll never do this. And it's like, no, I'm just getting started. So, you know, he wants to to inspire people and plant the seed. And, and when he creates this, he gets this song stuck in their heads the whole song goes, mind switch, ready to fly, mind switch, open wide, mind switch, I'm just getting started. So he said the name of his business three times, and he's, and he's, and he's deepened the understanding of what he means by mind switch three yes. times, right? So, yeah. you know, he, and he's a guy, he's a professor and, you know, so he wants to go, he was coming at me with all these really big words and, you know, <laughs> mission, mission statement stuff. And so, you know, for me, I'm just kind of wrestle, trying to wrestle people to the ground and say, come in, you know, John Lennon did not say what's really required here is more compassion, understanding right. and empathy. <laughs> right, right. It's, all you need is love, right? Right. Grade five on one note so the whole world can sing it right yeah and the next yeah. part of the melody lifts you da, ba, 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 right it, it, the melody takes you on an emotional journey mm -hmm. like when you sing somewhere over the somewhere that's a that lift it's really hard it's like saying i'm depressed you know you, you can't mm -hmm. you can't stay <laughs> in a negative state when you're hearing i'm just getting started right it's right. it's transformative right. so that's you know to me that's what mm -hmm. i find exciting about audio branding is because it 
You know, it gives people a sense of who you are. We, it makes them love you. It, you know, it gets your tagline stuck in their heads. You become, it's like your work becomes exponential because it, you, they're getting lifted every time they think of your song, right? Yes. Oh my God. Do you hear everybody how brilliant this is? It's, mm -hmm. it's, and as you're talking about it, I'm hearing like, keep it simple, stupid. It's, it's that we do, we get wordy with entrepreneurs mm -hmm. out there or just yeah. people in general, when we're talking about things, we often can say a lot of words. Mm -hmm. And again, I can hear my daughter saying less words, mom, less words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my students too, like I learned how to try and keep things simple and to the point to get mm -hmm. their attention. But as you're creating these songs, just like you said, it's the repetition of the business name. So people mm -hmm. are hearing that. It's kind of like this subconscious stuff where they're hearing that, but then getting the feeling and this connection that you've talked about a lot through this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deepening, deepening the connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, music creates emotion, right? And mm -hmm. there's a really fabulous uh, TED TED talk on called the power harnessing the power of audio that a guy who's you know one of my heroes in audio branding uh, speaks on and it's it goes a lot deeper than what I do he's all into the mnemonics and and stuff that doesn't have words I, you know my uh, my passion is for the songwriting piece of that and and mm -hmm. you know putting the words and, and the music together uh, in that sense. But but sometimes it's the hook too. You know, you think about a song like Careless Whisper, ba -ba -da 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 -da, or however you know I'm singing it on a tune, I know, but the George Michael big hit. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. the song is actually not really that interesting. But you know, when you're waiting for that, when that sax comes in, or or Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty, you know, those those hooks or the dum da 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 ba ba da ba da 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 bum those musical hooks right just create this response that's uh, it's, it's a full body it's not you know mission statements and acronyms and all these things and and even visual logos and all those things they they kind of reach you on a cerebral level audio is a full body experience it yeah. taps your toes it snaps your fingers it makes you dance you move everybody starts moving right yeah. to the beat right it's it, it's a really powerful experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. My God. So exciting. Yeah. How, I love it. How, how long have you been doing this, this aspect of, of it all right now? Well, it's had a bunch of different kind of incarnations. Uh, I didn't know I was doing it before I knew I was doing, I hadn't even heard the term audio branding until I saw that Ted talk. Um, but I was writing a lot of theme songs with organizations, especially nonprofits. And, but I was doing it more as a team building thing where, you know, I'd go in and sometimes it was like a hospice or a child development society or, you know, an eye, eyeglasses store or whatever. I'd come in and it would be a way for us to kind of get everybody on the same page and really talk about what they do, but in a deeper way, because you know like these people that are you know like this eyeglass store where I, they went in and, 
And yes, they're selling glasses, but you know, what they're really doing for people is like, they're helping them see clearly again, you know, they're helping them look really good, you know, help choosing, choosing glasses that they feel good in that make them like, they're doing a lot of really kind work, you know, mm -hmm. that, that went way beyond just selling somebody a pair of glasses. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, so for that, like, so, and then sometimes, quite often, I would come into places that didn't even have a tagline. And then we, so we would come up with one because the best taglines are usually song titles, right? They make mm -hmm. great taglines. They're short, they're fun to say, um, they're, you know, they, they just, they kind of do everything right. Um, right. They sum up, they sum up the, the heart of the message, right? right. So I, I did a lot of those. And, um, and then these companies would keep they would keep or keep using these taglines for like years afterwards things that we had just come up as a result of coming at it from songwriting right because you know we're songwriters are just looking for a different kind of a of a thing than most it happens to me a lot where i'll go in um to people that have had gone to a branding experience and they've come up with a tagline and it's not really that good, you know. It's kind of kind of beige, you know. Yeah. And and so in the process of of you know kind of creating the song around that, we we often will come up with something that's way more um, way more in, indicative of them. It's it describes them more, and it's more tuned into what they really do, you know. Yeah. Um, that that says something you know deeper about who they are um you know i wrote one with a guy recently and he had an okay tagline it was uh, he he speaks on humor in the workplace and he's a fun guy and you know it, it really um and he had this his deliverable is you know energize your workplace and that was the tagline that he had but by the end of it he said you know people don't understand that humor is yeah. isn't like I'm not doing this to be a goof. I'm doing this because humor has such a huge impact in the workplace. And so yeah. we came up with this this line, serious fun, because Mike's yes. here for some serious fun. And yeah. it's like, oh my God, you know, this is so him. Yeah. You know, it's so distinctly him. And so, you know, when you get a line like that, you just know it because you just go, yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's great. It's, it, it just speaks to the heart of it. Like you said, things yeah. are, we get so stuck in our head and it's that cerebral and, but when you said originally what you said, the tagline, I don't even Energize remember. I, yeah, I didn't even remember yeah. that, but serious yeah. fun, like that yeah. kind of captures and it's like, oh, okay. Well, it's a, play, it's a play on words, right? And if there's anything that's more fun than having fun, it's having serious fun, you know, like it, yeah. that's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just, I just, you know, to me that as a, my songwriter just goes, yes, you know. <laughs> right. Anybody yeah. in an office is like, I want to have that. I want to work in a place that has that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and it adds gravitas to what he does. Right. Yeah. It, it deepens, yeah. it gives, adds value to what he does. Right. So, you know, we, I come at this very much from a left brain point of view, you know, what is it, 
we want what do you want what do people need to know about you what do you want them to remember you know how do you want them to feel i mean we're we've got a whole bunch of boxes that we're checking mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. you know we're not going to be using 20 dollars words because they won't do it right right yeah yeah makes it so complicated so we don't have to make things so complicated like you said with the beatles all mm-hmm. you need is love yeah <laughs> it's it, that's universal exactly yeah yeah oh okay so for timing to respect the time here this is just crazy of course we could keep going on and on um i want to acknowledge those here with us live thank you so much for being here uh if you have any questions or comments please feel free to put them in the chat box where we can see them um so in the beginning you started off kind of telling us uh about how you like to incorporate more creativity into your own life uh with the paddle boarding and being outside and playing playing music is there anything else that you would like to add about what you do on a day-to-day um well what i'll say about the paddle boarding is it's become part of my when i understood that um that that's the next stage the second stage of flow is mm. uh you know is the release um now paddle boarding is how i write songs I, you know, I go, I do the work. If I, you know, I work with, when I'm working with a client and I always like to do that in a collaborative way because they know the nuances of what, you know, of how they want to be seen and understood and, you know, everything that feels good to them. So, you know, my job is really just to listen really deeply to them and then, um, you know, kind of help arrive at that. We arrive at that stuff together, but, if we're stuck or if we need to take things further um, after that session, then, you know, paddleboarding for me is really a great way to do that because um, because I'm in nature and, um, you know, fresh air and all that kind of stuff. And it's that kind of thing. So, you know, those, those kinds of pursuits are really good for our spirit and for our, you know, our bodies, of course, and all that stuff. I mean, I'm just, but other than that, I'm just continuing to always uh, up my game in terms of uh, working with, you know, taking courses from amazing songwriters and developing my production skills. And I just love learning. Mm-hmm. To me, um, that that's the part I find exciting. Uh, so, you know, I just did a three-month mentorship with a woman named Andrea Stolpe, who's based in L.A., and she's, you know, she's a platinum songwriter, and there's, I've just learned so many new things from her that are really exciting, you know, to be, so I like the idea that um, one, creativity is, is really so much about joy, and we have to do that, and uh, the idea that, you know, we come into it as such learners, you know, I mean, I think we also need to trust our own judgment and say, yes, this is what I want. And, you know, to honor our own abilities and that kind of stuff. It's not like we want to give the power over to other people, but, um, but the continuing the sense that we're on a journey, I think is a, is a beautiful one with creativity because that's the truth. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, thank you for that, uh, bringing up about the second stage of flow. I think that that is, and that is part of the process 
of, mm-hmm. of just understanding that that's part of the process for what you do. And I think that's just important for people to understand that when we're doing something that really allows us to feel more expansion and feel more freedom and to feel more open is when whatever we're doing in our everyday can then um, feel, can really grow. Because like you said, the paddleboarding, you're in flow, you're in nature, you're in fresh air, you're balancing, you're doing all of these things that feel good. And then it's also allowing for the song to come through better. That's when that's when the amazing things drop in, the pearls drop yeah. in when we're not focused on it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's because what happened, the brain is actually a, a pattern recognition system. And so, um, when you're loading it with data in the first stage of struggle, that's all just about loading the data bank and you load it with a lot of stuff, right? And so then the next stage is what the brain is really good at is finding patterns. And um, so there's kind of a trust. I mean, I heard that Stephen Sondheim, you know, who wrote West Side Story and, you know, one of the greatest songwriters ever, um, that he would just, you know, he would work for a while and then he would just nap, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. many, so many people say that, that it really is that when things are feeling, um, when we're caught up in our emotion and like the stuckness of whatever the emotion or the feeling is, is go off and do these things or take a nap because then it's, it's in the release. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think, you know, the mistake I used to make, um, I recently saw somebody that had this thing with a quadrant and, you know, the one of the, the bottom right hand corner was the grinder, the person that just kept, you know, had the discipline and worked hard and did that stuff, but, you know, didn't let up kind of, and you have to let up, Yeah, you know, you have to let up to, to, for that stuff to come through. And also, you know, so you don't get discouraged and, and stuff. But I think also that for people that don't, you know, they don't think they're creative maybe or they're working um, jobs and, or, you know, they've got a tough life, having periods of creativity like this will really kind of is a great release for bringing joy. Like it's how can you raise your vibration from, you know, um, kind of fear and those low vibration states or shame and, you know, um, anger and frustration. And those are low, low vibration states. And you want to get to a place of, of, of joy and peace and, you know, gratitude and, and all of these places. Um, and creativity is like such a quick way to get to a place of joy, you know, because yes. e- even if you're initially, you know, you do a little sketch and your inner critic's going nuts and telling you how bad it is. And then you look at it an hour later and it's kind of like, oh, I kind of like it, you know, is this sort of, there's something, maybe it's partly just that you did it, but I think, you know, right. we love, we love our babies. <laughs> right, right. And even if it's just for ladies and gentlemen, you can do something just for you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this thing that you put up on the wall or show to everybody or stand on a stage and perform or yeah. it's something for you that lights you up, whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's having that yummy drink that just tastes so good and it nourishes your body. A lot of movement, like putting on music and dancing and looking really silly. 
for yourself or a big thing that my daughter and I love to do is like car singing and dancing and we just turn up. We suck. Like we sound really bad, but that's the fun of it. We just start laughing because we're so off key and we're just, and it's great in the summertime when the the windows are down and you pull up at a light next to somebody and then there's the, the awkward glance over and we don't care. (laughs) Well, singing, you know, singing has its own, uh set of endorphins and you know brain floods the brain music just floods the brain with all these feel-good chemicals mm-hmm. right so it's yeah. in a way it's a little bit different than from creativity but uh you know but then you combine the two because then you know you're being being goofy and having fun playful and stuff like that but you know i just find like sometimes cooking something or you know re change setting your room up for your place up for christmas or you know like these just these little things that we do that um just give us give us back to ourselves you know Hmm, i love that give us back to ourselves yeah so before we move on to the last and final question um do you have any kind of a morning routine uh, I usually get up and write in the mornings. I like to, I kind of been doing the morning pages since uh, 1992. I think every, every morning I journal and um, mm-hmm. quite often all these days, I tend to be doing stuff that's related to, I usually do like some gratitude writing. Um, I often will do uh, read or listen to something that is, gives me, ideas or you know information towards songwriting or production or skills that i'm interested in developing mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely time for me for the first couple hours of the day mm-hmm. i get up early and i sit and i live right on the ocean so i just sit in my chair and watch the sun rise over the ocean and you know it's fantastic actually being present and quiet yeah yeah, yeah. It's so great hearing from people because, and ladies and gentlemen, understand that, uh, like I've spoken to people who literally say they don't really have a morning routine. It changes up if they even, even if they do, it it changes constantly. Um, it might be five minutes. It might be saying thank you and getting up and just having a little routine that way. Some people have like a three hour routine. Um, I say whatever it is that you do for you that uh fills you up and starts you off in a way where um you're just you're in gratitude and you're you're breathing and you're self-aware yeah and i think sometimes i don't know about you but in the mornings my mindset tends to be negative and you know i kind of drink from the cup of despair fairly easily and so for me it's really a lot of this is about kind of one thing about journaling is that stuff gets on the page and you can counter it. You know, you can challenge those negative thoughts. You can, gratitude writing is a really powerful way to change that. Um, Yeah. You know, any kind of music, anything that kind of gets you away from buying in, getting you out of the red zone of, of, you know, anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff and gets you into the red zone of peace and, you know, just just a better place i think that we have to be on guard really vigilant against those those voices that say oh you can never do that or that was sucked or you know like those they're just constant right 
Yes. Bad voices, bad. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be friends with those voices and anybody no. else. So why do we accept it from ourselves? Yeah. Okay. So here we go at the top of the hour. So Lowry, why do you think creativity is important? Well, I think we kind of covered it. You know, to me, it's, it's, it's important because, well, one, because it'll save the world. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, we need solutions. We need creative solutions to problems, uh, the world's problems. And we need more joy. And, and people, when people are happier, um, they are nicer to each other. They're more productive. They're more uh, resourceful. And they're, they think that, you know, they come up with better solutions. They make better choices. Um, it's, I think, you know, you hear that creativity will save the world and I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. mm, so much power in all these said creative solutions, people, they find more joy, they're happier, they're nicer to each other. It's, it's funny at one of the schools that I was working, uh, one of my students said, Miss Citron, you're a hippie. <laughs> I said, well, what does a hippie mean to you? They were in high school. They're like, you just want to do good things for people. I'm like, I'll take that. Sweet. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a cool thing that you're doing, Hollis, having creative conversations every week. What a, what a sweet way to contribute to people's journeys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's just, I just, I love it. I love it. Love it. These conversations are all about the expansion of the word so people can actually see themselves within the word, the definition, mm -hmm. and feel more empowered. Yeah. So, Lowry, how can people connect with you? Uh, well, you can go to my, to powersongs.ca. Um, that's, that's one way. And, and Lowry at powersongs.ca is probably the easiest email. Lowry is L-O-W-R-Y. Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably a good way to do that. And, uh, if people are interested in the audio branding piece, then there's a, a link on the, at the powersongs.ca uh, website where they can just set up a free call. Right. And, um, you know, make an inquiry or whatever, curiosity call. Those are always fun. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I love talking to him and I can't wait to get started on my, on my audio branding. So uh, excited. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. So before we say goodbye to everybody, is there anything that you feel like you want to add or something you didn't say, or do you feel like you're good? I think I'm good. I just, you know, what I want to say, I think is just that, you know, this conversation really has filled me up. You know, I think that it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful just to, you know, yeah, I just feel very full when we get to talk about our passions and, you know, share in this way, and especially to talk about something that's so close to our hearts. And I hope that people will, you know, be kind with and gentle with themselves mm. in their creative journeys. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So be kind and gentle with yourselves, everybody. Oh, my God. Lowry, thank you so much for taking this hour to chat. I really, really appreciate you. I'm glad I oh, met you. You too. Back at you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. So everybody, thank you so much for those who joined us live, those catching the replay. We know you could be spending your hour doing anything, and we so appreciate you spending with it with us. This space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share 
all of that good stuff. I feel like we've always needed this, but I feel like we need it now more than ever, Mm -hmm. more than ever. So wherever you are listening in from, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, copy books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. (laughs) There is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.